and welcome to the Monday edition of the Dark to Light podcast with Frankie Val on the drums and Beans. So, Frank, do you have a spate of sickness running through your state as well? Uh, no. I mean, I don't know. There's somebody who's always feeling sick, but nothing like that's that's very pronounced. We have a crazy flu epidemic going on here in South Carolina, especially in my county. At, like, I had a, a family member who was it, is in elementary school who basically his entire class was out. So much so that they're not even requiring doctor's notes because they know what it is and they know it's excused. Then there were like 10 kids missing from that performance that you just saw in the pre-show for my my son's class and my daughter's class. And my son came down with a nasty flu on Thursday and literally slept for like two days. And now he's fine. But everybody I know, like who has anybody in school is sick with influenza. Is it is it um, is it respiratory? Is it stomach? It's a little of both, actually. A little of both. It's like a, it's you, a nasty. Throwing up? No, no throwing up. Number two. Uh, diarrhea. Yeah, but it it was fast, like in and out, fast. He beat it fast, very fast. He's fine today. He said he feels fine. Good. Um, but it's crazy. I took a look just to see what was going on, and then you know what I realized. I realize that FLCCC is actually now recommending ivermectin for RSV and flu. And I've got okay. Listen, I don't know if we should be talking about this on air, but does anybody know? Has there any? Oh, I forgot my wedding ring. I look like I'm single this morning. Well, <laughs> girls, a, hold your hold yourselves, girls. Hold, hold yourself back, everybody. <laughs> oh, by the way, real quick, because there's, there's more fact checking going on in the chat room right now. Uh, motor on. Is it motor on? Motor on says, "Well, I'll be milking maid birds like to hang out around cows." Oh, so, nine maids of milking or whatever maids of milking. They're they're all birds. Every last so, day is birds. For those of you listening now, we were Frank told everybody that the twelve days of Christmas are is all birds, and then the chat went about fact checking him and is finding out that he is correct. They're all birds. Yes. Okay, so now back to what you were saying before. There's some great telemedicine out there. I know FLCCC, I don't know if they do any, they link people to, to telemedicine directories too, right? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, well, I don't know. There's one particular company that I ordered from in the past, and I just, I wonder if they were, if they're good quality stuff, because it was really easy, and I'd love to go back to them. But um, I don't know if I should mention the company on air. I have a prescription that I get filled at a compounding pharmacy. But oh. the South Carolina, um, here's the here's the on screen is the FLCCC treatment guide for influenza and RSV. And right in here is ivermectin, 0.4 milligrams per kilograms daily for five days. In vitro studies suggest that I ivermectin has broad antiviral activity against RNA viruses, including influenza. However, there's no published clinical data on the use of ivermectin in the treatment of influenza. Therefore, we recommend ivermectin as part of a multi-drug regimen. And it, let me tell you, I was feeling crappy and it worked for me. I never came full-fledged and I feel perfect today, so. Hmm. I don't know. I, I listen. I still have this this website saved. 
Yeah, it's a great, it's a great resource. I mean, amazing, just amazing. So much stuff, so much stuff on here. Even I got in touch with uh, Peter McCullough last last night to text him about because they the wellness company has this whole at home, you know, medicine cabinet kit now, like three hundred dollars or something, and most of this stuff is in there. But I asked him in particular about ivermectin i said do you guys just do ivermectin he said it, it can only they can only do that if you are already sick which i thought i thought that it, that's one of those things that you need to have a as prophylactic and b immediately I, if you're already sick a couple of days go by it's like pointless right yeah well i mean i guess it's just an issue with prescribing it to patients you don't have a uh it's a it's a prescription required so i guess if you don't have a standing relationship that's my thought i don't know i don't know um, anyway, just letting you know, for me, influenza A seems to be the prevalent influenza and the, the, the curve here is pretty damn steep for flu. Um, and it worked as, as of now, um, moving on from there though, this came out on Friday and it's <laughs> the name of the, this movie that's coming out, Frank, is the American Society of Magical Negroes. Oh yeah. Did you see this? Yeah. I'm going to play the trailer. I don't even... I don't know. I just don't know. Here. I'll just play this one because this is the one I saw, I think. Here we go. Hmm. Hmm. Is it playing? I know you can feel their discomfort, Aaron. Watching you walk through a room full of white people was the most painful thing I've ever seen. Excuse me. Sorry. I don't want to take you to a job interview. There's a recruiting class starting right now, and we got to get you in it. Welcome to the American Society of Magical Negroes. I don't really understand. It's easier to shut What's the most dangerous animal on the planet? Shark. White people, when they feel uncomfortable. White people feeling uncomfortable precedes a lot of bad stuff for us. That's why we fight white discomfort every day. Because the happier they are, the safer we are. The name needs a little updating, maybe like magical black people, or I guess that doesn't have the same ring. Oh, wow. Your first client is a Jason Munt. His morale is far too low. Hey. Hey. Darn it. I was hoping there was a station right next to him. Oh, is this one spoken for? No. Yeah, it's actually fun and weirdly relaxing. It's like being a secret agent with none of the danger. Hey, I'm Lizzie. Nice to meet nice you. Nice to meet you. She's great. Yeah, she's cool. You kidding? Come on, man. She's smart and funny. And... I know what you were doing going on about her. You're trying to set us up. No, no, no. That's not what I was doing. You cannot have a relationship with Lizzie now. Because if you don't put Jason first, everyone's magic will fail. I've always felt like it's my job to make white people feel comfortable. And here it literally is. But maybe it shouldn't be. I got a great plan to ask her out, but I'm gonna need your help. Do you think you can like work your magic? Hey, is he talking about me? Hey. Oh my wait, are you? But I travel a long way. Someone defied the society. Who was it? You didn't let her go like I told you. If you interfere with her or your client, you could See, even their feel-good movies are vicious. So I'm like, this has to be a parody. This can't no, no. be. This can't be real. 
The comments underneath here are so disgusting and racist. It's not even funny. It, they, they even their comedy, even their lighthearted. It's all. It, this is this is just. They want whoever is willing to listen to the message to internalize this deeper and deeper and to go out there and fight the war that they have been building us toward for generations now. This That's is. What it is. This is what the, the guy who wrote it says. In a world where shrinking or being told to diminish one's authentic self to make white people feel comfortable is an act that black people know all too well. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, they make me feel comfortable every day with the way yeah. they... I mean, come on. Like, if... Can there's, a you, play, there's a lot of placating going on out there. Can you imagine if white people made a movie like this? But they they would say, oh, they all they, they do all the time. They do that's the standard. You ask them for some examples, they won't be able to give it to you. They'll just say it's implicit. It, 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 we're, we're talking about we're talking about people who have been have had inferiority complex, inferiority complex and privilege at the same time drilled into them simultaneously since they were in in diapers. It's 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 crazy. What's for whoever is receptive to this? Because of course. Just think about your average interactions out in the world. Probably vastly different from what they are so desperately trying to protect. <laughs> yes. Okay. My honestly, my interactions. Oh, I don't. Yeah, I can't even talk about them, or I'll be no. He says it all from my perspective starts with the magical Negro trope, which I had no idea even existed. Just to show you how little I pay attention to race every single day as I live my life. Anyway, if people would say that means I have privilege, right? because I have yeah, no idea what he's talking to. about. He says, and to define that in my own terms, I think of it as being basically a black best friend character, a stereotypical black sidekick who's only there to serve the white hero's journey. And when you live in a culture where stories like that are told over and over again, and black people are always to the side and we're always over here and not sufficiently centered and given the spotlight, I think that the appearance of being shoved to the side takes a toll. And this is hopefully a joyful and hopeful response to that experience. No. When, when are you, when are you pushed to the, you white kids with 1600 SATs can't even get into Cornell because you are getting in before them with your, with your 800. When are you pushed to the side? When? I, I don't know. Because obviously when, when some, I don't know who, who wrote this piece of trash. Kibby, Kobe, Libby? I don't know. Well, uh, I don't know who knows. It, it could be Jordan Peele or whatever the hell. Uh, when you when you go and you you actually have the will to write a movie, and you want to write in the characters that you you've developed yourself that you relate to, you want to make it a, a an Asian woman, a black man, whatever the hell it is. I mean, I I just don't get it. A movie is not a it's a reflection of the people who who wrote the story. Sometimes it it appeals to majorities in a country, to a dominant culture in a country. D who cares? Just go and make a movie. I mean, I, I have to imagine that's what he's talking about. Where every time a black man is depicted on television, it's a sidekick. Well, I mean, not necessarily. Not necessarily. And why is it a sidekick? Who cares if it's a a, a you know a supporting role or a, who cares? I just couldn't. Um... I does he want? I think he just wants more people to demand, be seeking out black main characters. 
Is he upset that people aren't, by and large, seeking out black main characters? Uh, we don't seek reading. out anything. And when they, when they shove it down our throats, we repel. Look so at the Marvel out. series, for goodness sakes. We don't want this shit. Nobody does. So pathetic. Oh, Lord. Anyway. <laughs> so, much, so much production went into just the trailer. And you think about all the people that have to be involved in a movie, in a production like that, to even bring that to the public. How much effort already went into it and off the bat it is just so pathetic it's that, pe that people spent that much time on that project so I, again if you go read through the comments underneath that trailer it'll make you cringe like people hate us for our skin color frank they really hate us because of our skin color it's been encouraged more and more and you know what um it's all part of the plan because as the, the more public that gets the more, uh, the more that, uh, the more that white people, and anybody else who sees this, who for for you know the majority of their lives now, have actually paid no attention to it, and don't have any ill will harbored in their hearts or anything like that, they're going to finally start seeing, oh, there is a major, major systemic operation that is coming down on us, and maybe it's a little bit, maybe it's time to be a little bit more impolite about what the hell and we're that's seeing. exactly what these things do just like yeah, what we were we were both saying this during the summer of love frank we were we were both saying it during the summer of love too so it's just drove i i mean i couldn't believe what i was i couldn't believe i was like <gasps> like it just my gosh it was terrible um then there's this rudy giuliani ordered to pay $148 million to Ruby Freeman and her daughter. Yeah, talk about privilege, huh? Push to the side. Always push to the side. Um, no, well, now she has even less need to go out and get an honest line of work. This is... This is... So this case was actually heard in D.C., surprise, surprise, even though it happened... It should have been in Georgia. The... The way this case was handled was so piss poor. Sorry, not sorry. It just was. This case was handled in a piss poor way. I do not think, in my opinion, that that Rudy had a good good representation. However, um, he doesn't have this money, so they're appealing. I don't even know what's going to happen. It's just a terrible thing. Um, I don't like to see this persecution going on of people. I really don't. And of course, CNN is all about how racist it is, and you know yeah, he's, a, he's a racist, and yeah, it was very racist for Ruby to expose herself on her own public live streams for her shady dealings, and it was very racist for the uh, that Atlanta arena, whatever the hell it was, to have caught uh, Ruby and her family, the whole gang over there uh, on CCTV when they thought nobody else was watching. Very, very racist to catch all that shady Take, shit on taking suitcases from underneath tables and, right. and counting ballots three and four times. You know, that was just yeah, terrible. The problem, and the, the problem. You, me and you, the day that that clip she put on Facebook came out that day, me and you were watching that on the show together. It's absurd. And so Rudy Giuliani, it, what it was, it never went to a, a, a verdict. I mean, a guilty, ugh, never went to a jury, okay? The judge made this decision, similar to in the Alex Jones case. And before they make the decision, there's a 
hearing, quote, where you're supposed to be allowed to present evidence and other things. And of course, Rudy Giuliani was barred from presenting anything. So here he is outside giving a quick interview. Now, listen, his attorney is going to be behind him on the left. There's something very wrong with this man. And I'm not even just talking about his hair. The eyes, it just, it's very weird. Very, very weird. Here, here it is. Make sure you're watching, even if on delay, Frank. Oop, hold on. I'm muted. All I could say right now, I have to analyze this. Of course, there's very, very little I could say right now. I have to analyze this. Obviously, possibly we'll move for a new trial. Certainly we'll appeal. The absurdity of the number merely underscores the absurdity of the entire proceeding where I've not been allowed to offer one single piece of evidence in defense, of which I have a lot. So I am quite confident when this case gets before a fair tribunal, it'll be reversed so quickly, it'll make your head spin, and the absurd number that just came in will help that, actually. Why did you choose not All to right, testify? Why do you think it was unfair? Because I cannot go into the details. I didn't testify because the judge made it clear that if I made any mistake or did anything wrong, she was considering contempt. And this judge does have a reputation for putting people in jail. And I thought, honestly, it wouldn't do any good. Do you still believe that what you said about these two women in the wake of the 2020 election was do you, truthful? Do you still believe do you, these do you claims? Still believe those I, ha- I, I, have, I, have no doubt, I have no doubt the that videos? my comments were made and they were supportable and are supportable today. Still. I just did not have an opportunity still. to present the evidence that we offered. Did you notice we were not allowed to put in one piece of evidence in defense? Do you also realize that liability is not based on any trial? Liability is based on her disagreement with me on discovery, which so is, a, which is absurd. Because I believe the judge was threatening me with the strong possibility that I'd be held in contempt or that I'd even be put in jail. Did so it didn't, seem, it didn't seem like it was going to do much to persuade anybody. And it could uh, give her what she seemed to be threatening. Did you believe- okay. Did you see the attorney in the back? Yeah. Yeah, he's a very odd creature. That's his attorney. That's weird. He's the one that that did the whole thing? Yes. Very odd creature. He should have represented himself. He can. But I I hate the press. Still, still. (laughs) Even though this obviously biased judge has... I mean, I mean, like... Like still, you're you're being beaten up, and you still won't relent. Why won't you say uncle? That's exactly what they're saying. They're not, uh, you know, they, they want they want the 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 average lollipop sucker who's watching this on television to think Rudy Giuliani did something terrible to two innocent women, and he still will not, even in, in the in the in the face of a hundred forty nine million dollar you know uh, penalty, he still will not relent. But it's really just. You wait. You won't say, Uncle. Look at what we're throwing at you. The, the craziest thing to me is like Ruby took the stand and she's crying, saying how she's afraid to leave her house. And then I'm looking at her and she's got these like eight foot long acrylic nails on. 
that yeah. have to be done by somebody, right? She can go out and get her nails done. That's okay with whatever money she's got or getting or whatever. But this is the thing that bothered me. Rudy Giuliani's lawyer shifts blame to St. Louis-based Gateway Pundit in defamation case. Former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani's attorney on Thursday tried to distance his client from the violent threats faced by Georgia election workers he falsely accused of fraud, arguing St. Louis-based Gateway Pundit was more responsible. During his closing arguments in the defamation lawsuit against Giuliani, attorney Joseph Sibley tried to convince a Washington, D.C. jury they had a jury? I didn't think they had a jury. That Giuliani was a minor player in the unfounded election fraud allegations that led to an avalanche. Others deserve more blame, he contends, specifically pointing to the right-wing website Gateway Pundit over its publication of security camera footage that no. linked Freeman and Moss to the unfounded allegations. Linked Freeman and Moss to they the They were doing it. <laughs> they were doing it. And it's the whole thing. It's not even Gateway Pundit. Everything was public. The, 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 these two. The, that I, clip came out in a hearing in Georgia, not. And then Gateway Pundit reported on it like that. Everybody to, else. Yeah. That to me, this is low. What his that's low. That is low. Ridiculous. So that's it's not my it's not my it, 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 it's even just the standpoint that that it's, perspective of saying well it's not my fault it's not my client's fault that this all went side it was gateway pundit for making the mistake not gateway only that pundit but they're wrong they're being sued by them too so gateway pundits being sued by by the two of them as well so for his attorney to do that is just like mm, that's messed up yeah but i want to show you guys something this right here is this is the spreadsheet of the 2020 presidential election related lawsuits and it lists them all and then it goes through what happened with them like how many of them were actually heard on the merits which are as we know very very few so anytime anybody no matter who they're supporting or what political party they're in tells you that he didn't win any cases he didn't bring all the cases first of all we've talked about this before and many a good majority of them weren't even heard so there weren't 60 cases that he lost okay on the merits he won four of eight donald trump did gop plaintiffs prevailed in 15 of 18 cases decided on the merits so anytime a judge actually heard a case they won pretty much 70 percent of the time trump had a 50 50 rate four out of eight he won when a case was heard 15 of 18 from the republican party is what it appears and four out of eight from trump himself so, I, guess, I guess this is how you create generational wealth for losers because whatever the hell the Freemans get. First of all, even if they get, got $149 million, that would be lost in God knows how long. Uh, I don't think 17 it would last. 17 Bentleys. Two, I don't think it would last two generations. But just, just think about being Ruby Friedman's like great granddaughter or something like, yeah, you know, I still have a, a small trust that keeps me, that pays for my rent because my grandmother was a great woman in the back. <laughs> no, no. No. I'm going to put the link to these election cases in the show notes or the description box under Rumble once the show is over in case you want to take a look at links to them all. It's a great resource to have. And it, it's... That's just sickening. It is. It is. You got to bring your own judicial system. 
not you're not a good lawyer. You got to bring your own judge and your own jury just to be able to accuse people of the shady dealings that they have exposed themselves doing. It's, they, they, it's they, absurd. They, I mean, it really they, is. Seriously, we're dealing with people who are so stupid that they actually expose themselves doing it. But the people standing behind them holding their strings are just so much more powerful. The fact that they get enveloped in that protective custody of the state, of a rogue state, is so pathetic because then they get the opportunity to actually believe that they were wronged. It's so disgusting. Like, I can't... Uh, And then, you know, Frank, we were told decency was on the ballot in 2020, right? Decency is on the ballot. And and also that January 6th, what happened was just a desecration of the Capitol. It was the most disgusting, tawdry, horrible display of disrespect that we ever could have experienced until now. I can't even believe that I'm going to say this. Senate staffer caught filming gay sex tape in in, in Senate hearing room. This is where senators meet to ask questions of witnesses during hearings. And this little jerk off is filming himself getting mm, the things I want to say. He's getting piped. Um... Daily Caller released the damn tape. If you're into that sort of thing. But, dude, he's literally in a Senate hearing room and he has the, the, the gall to put out a statement saying he's being targeted for who he loves. I saw the statement. No, you're being targeted for getting a... God, this is so bad. I... It's very... It's, it's, it, listen, I, I'm, 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 ser- I'm serious. There, there are far too few people who are linking this to the statue of Satan in in the Iowa State House. Can far I say few, far too few people who are not who are not people aren't seeing the connection here? Uh, this I had this up. It was it was I said it was peak twenty twenty four. Um, I mean twenty twenty three. Sorry, it's a tweet. It's a Newsweek article that came out. Say what you want. I don't care if you hate or love Ron DeSantis. I don't give a shit, okay? It has nothing to do with that. Here's the headline. Ron DeSantis's condemnation of Satan backfires. That's it. Just, that's the, that's the headline. And it's true. <laughs> so it's like... <sighs> it's... This is where we're at. Well, I saw... You know who was... Um, I don't like her anyway, but Jenna Ellis... I, I saw I saw that whole thing up there, and it sparked. I think it's what sparked this really amazing generation of John Dutton memes. Um, you, you, have you seen the Yellowstone John Dutton memes? Where no. it's, it's really it's embodying this uh, this 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 typical loser conser- this conservative loser mentality. Like no. here's an example of it. Uh, Raw egg nationalist put this one out. So it's a picture of John Dutton. Kevin Costner sit on the back of a pickup truck and he's looking all rugged in his Montana ways. And he goes, if two consenting adults want to film 
what they get up to in the privacy of their own Senate chamber. I say let them. Ain't nobody's business. And then there's another one. I may not like that Satan guy, but I'll die for your right to worship him in our capital. <laughs> you know, it, it's like it, it has gotten to a point where the Jenna Ellis is like, oh, I guess you conservatives, you, this is why you lose all the time. No, it's because, don't you understand there is a there's a reason why Satan is on display here because there was an internal infiltrating creep. There's a, been a slow creep of this stuff. It wasn't just there was an army of orcs at the front door of America ready to come in and do battle in a... In a Look, isn't it even true that Satanists don't even consider that a religion? They don't consider it a religion anyway. Like some people, some people are de they they do worship the devil. That we we do have devil worshippers there. Many others are nihilists and atheists who just love the antagonism mm -hmm. um, because it's you know to, to say I'm an atheist, but I have I have actually embraced a religion is 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 ridiculous. But when you talk about Satanism in particular. Most people think, oh, well, that, that the person worships Satan. No, it's the figure, the figure of Satan is what is then turned inside. It's like the, the person, that biblical figure, that demonic figure, that fallen angel that left and concentrated on himself and wanted to rebel. The whole idea of the satanic church is not necessarily there. It is very ritualistic, but it's all ritualistic in in how you you put the emphasis on you. So when you hear somebody say, "I'm a humanist," that's a that's a Satanist. Humanism is to is to put forth first and foremost and prioritize um, human um, human secular experiences, especially when you talk about abortion being a ritual. Uh, a little cosmopolitan a couple of weeks ago actually reproduced the abortion ritual for their readers oh, it was nice. oh yeah they, they, they told you a, a almost like a do-it-yourself way of performing this ritual as you prepare for your abortion and it's all about uh apparently uh c concentrating on yourself reclaiming your power you know embracing your autonomy all that stuff when really you're just surrendering your life and the life of others and it's um and, and this is what it really is. So, yeah, it, it it seems a little hypocritical and a little bit counterintuitive for an atheist to be part of a religion. But when you think about you think about the fact that it's there's not actually a deity involved many times, and it's just putting all the the onus on yourself. And then there are others who are actually know what's they know what's going on. You know, but nihilism, atheism, that is all a tool. And um, and those who are really running the world, they are communing with with uh, entities. And this is um, it's all part of the the march toward the final social cataclysm, as they say. It's it's there was a an article put out here, our revolting elites by Mark Stein. He says, if you think filming gay sex tape is just the usual teasing clickbait for a bit of lame soft focus light light petting not at all it's definitely not safe for work although evidently it's safe for government work as the senate staffer in question has no qualms about uploading it to the internet now i don't know if he uploaded it or someone leaked it have no idea um the setting is the table of the hearing room of the senate judiciary committee that would be the room where brett kavanaugh was grilled and fbi straight shooter 
quote, James Comey testified at length and with an impressively straight face about the Russia investigation. So if I understand the social norms of the People's House, it's completely unacceptable and indeed a crime to wander its precincts goofily with the MAGA hat and an American flag. But if you stop for 10 minutes, have anal sex before the Supreme Court nominee hearing reconvenes, that's perfectly fine. So fine, it might be worth entering it in mitigation and getting a couple years knocked off your sentence. You'll get serious prison terms if you put your feet on Nancy Pelosi's desk, but not if you climb on, get down on hands and knees, and take get it in, in the ass. Um, really, when you and they, it, but then there's the bigger questions then. Because once the initial shock of seeing something so obscene get done, um, because it's just anybody having sex... Any sex act, it could be a, it could be two, it, it could be a straight couple having anal yes. sex. You know, it, 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 seriously, it just goes the, the, the step further when you think about the kind of prioritization, the DEI prioritization of things, and what this actually means on a, on a, a higher level, on a communications level. But then you start thinking about what makes this possible. You think about the access to the room. Well, yeah, I mean, and how little security there is. Little security. Um, somebody had to, obviously there are cameras in that room that had to be disabled. And then it was, it was reported that this was shared or at least was intended to be shared inside of a private chat or a private, you know, server where, um, where politicians share their sex tapes. Then of course, Madison Cawthorn comes out yep. a couple of days later and says, I told you, yep. which I, there was nothing that nobody nobody didn't believe Madison Carthorn. He just had the b balls to say it out loud. But again, remember how he got rebuffed. It was a bipartisan rebuffing. Democrats and Republicans were telling him to shut the hell up because everybody's doing this. This is this is the real currency of the world. This is the real currency of the world. The United States dollar is secondary to blackmail and and fetish and everything else. In a statement, the dude said, this has been a difficult time for me as I've been attacked for who I love to pursue a political agenda. While some of my actions in the past have shown poor judgment, I love my job and would never disrespect my workplace. I will be exploring what legal options are available to me in these matters. You have no legal options. You had sex in the Senate Judiciary Committee hearing room, you freaking loser. Are you serious? Like, what the hell? <laughs> What I can't stand is just, I, I don't know. I think, I think it's just, I don't know. It's nuts. And, and then, it really is just, it really, it's the bigger questions behind it. And then in Germany, gay pedophile activists call for lesbians to be removed from Berlin LGBT museum over opposition to pedophilia. This is where we're at. A politically connected pro-pedophile activist group in Germany is demanding lesbians be removed from an exhibit at Berlin's Gay Museum. Do they have a heterosexual museum by chance? Well, they'll say just like with the the the, the magical negroes. No, the, it's in it's impl it's implicit. Oh. It's it, it's all around us. This is how we were growing up. Everything is heteronormative. Every museum is heteronormative. This is why we need our own little sex museum. I, I, ridiculous the headlines i'm seeing the headlines i'm seeing it's going down fast now it's going down fast there is no you remember what i told you back in in june i this 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 past june my biggest takeaway with their whole their whole uh pride uh programming and stuff 
I was really excited this past June because you can tell now that the threshold had been crossed, there was no going back, and they had lost all, all of their ability to peacefully persuade people to their worldview, that they have become so disgusting and they have crossed so many lines now, so many lines that people like us have been saying, we're going there, are you ready? They have crossed so many lines, there's no way to repair their image. It's only going to become more and more violent because peaceful persuasion is no longer on the table. You can't persuade people to actually see any good, comforting, good stuff here. There's nothing that's life-promoting. There's nothing that's that's civilization-fortifying about this. This kind of behavior and this kind of this kind of uh, predation. So, that's the one thing that I liked. Um, it, it also means that we're about to spiral into real, real crazy land. But uh, eventually, it's inevitable. Yeah, we have to. And a lot of people, like a lot of people, are are opening their eyes. Like it's going to be something. I'm actually excited. I'm alive right now. I think we're all alive right now for a reason. To be honest, it's going to be something. I got a couple topics we can end on. We can listen to an update from Geert van den Bosch. We can do Eric Schmidt's six-point plan for fighting election misinformation. Or, what was the other thing? Um, we can do an 18 gaslighting phrases that may be damaging your relationships. Maybe. Uh, what was the first two again? Gert was the second? Yeah, the first one was um, Eric Schmidt. And his six-point plan for fighting election misinformation. Uh, let's do the third one. But first, I want to say um, what we were just saying before with all this stuff going on with the the the, uh, the lesbians getting kicked out because of pedophilia and all that. This is why I was I was worried. I mean, I've got a lot of I've got gay friends. I've got gay family, um, and none of them are really very politically active or involved and they just keep to themselves and i have been telling them listen i know you don't want to i don't i know you don't want to uh think about this you just want to stick to your own schedule and not be in in anybody's faces and stuff like that but um there's there's a there's a chance that things can get really really bad and there are a lot of people out there everything they fought for frank is being reversed by this what is for it, 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 seriously? I think a lot of the things that have been fought for the acceptance, just acceptance is a yes. whole. Okay, just just on a societal level, people being a little bit more. Hey, listen, do your own thing, and obviously, there's you know, it's it's not it's not my my bag, whatever. And then of course we started seeing the the projection, and we started seeing the nurturing. We started seeing this happen on a major systemic level. Um, but what happens now? What happens now when all of this stuff? It's the same thing with race that we were talking about earlier. Exactly. It's going to cause a lot of problems for some really good people. And I am not. I'm not the. I'm not a a person who who want. I don't bash people because they're gay. I honestly don't care. I. I, It's not my. It's. It's just not my thing. It's not my. It's not my place. I don't care either. I I really don't. But the funniest thing is like Brandon. I've talked to Brandon Strack about this several times because he's of the mindset that we are basically. And he's gay. It's not something that he parades around screaming everywhere. He just is. 
And he said, I think he's like, I can't stand this because he's like one of the, the first kind of wake ups that I had was after we were given the right to be able to marry. I thought we would all be excited and then, you know, take our ball and go home and be happy that we won. But that's not what happened. We started demanding more and more and more and more. And, and you know, he, he basically went into what happened with the, this, all this. And he's like, and that was such a wake up call to me in terms of, he's like, I just wanted to be able to marry. And then it just spo- snowballed into this huge thing. I, I don't know very, I know some gay people. But again, the gay people I know, like, are not running around telling everybody that they're gay and then, you know, parading around in dog collars on Gay Pride Week. They're not. They just live their lives and whatever. I had neighbors that were gay growing up. They weren't. Listen, there's plenty of plenty of straight couples who have uh, far more weird sexual appetites than the average gay couple would. Seriously. I mean, it's so when we're talking about just sexual sexuality human sexuality that that that's something that can you can go to you know twenty thousand leagues under the sea there's so much depth to that stuff and what what makes people like what they like but you know winning thing the winning the right to marry there was nothing won that was that was illegal well not only that but people don't even understand that you don't you don't and shouldn't want the government's permission to be able to exactly. get married. <laughs> exactly. That but was my, are- yeah, that was my whole thing the entire time. Like, why are you not taking this issue the way it needs to be taken, which is to get the government out the of marriage completely? Well, that's the whole point. If there is less, if there's less public interest in these very private issues, then first of all, I really do believe that, I mean, there, uh, less than one percent of every population is gay maybe two at tops the fact that they have the fact that this has become such a publicly you know grabbed issue and they have been able to produce non-straight lgbt identifying numbers out of this latest generation as high as 20 percent one fifth that for anybody to 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 say that one-fifth, this is a natural thing, that one-fifth of our of our species is actually meant or is, or is meant to be or is naturally expressing gay, non, uh, non, not straight sentimentality that is ridiculous. That is a death sentence for the, the species. It's just not natural. And, but I, that's just what we're doing. We've been, it's been made public and it's been nurtured, and now it's causing a whole lot of resentment, a whole lot of disgust, because, I don't know, I, I, so people think that we're on some kind of a progressive path. It's it's really bad. It's, uh... It'd be out of sight, out of mind, if all things were equal. That's what I'm saying. It'd be out of sight, out of mind. God. Uh, let's go to some good news. Forget the gaslighting. Remember okay. the, 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 the tornadoes in uh, Tennessee? Yes. Listen to this story. A four-month-old baby has been found alive by the grace of God after the child was sucked up into a tornado in Tennessee. The couple said a deadly tornado tore apart their mobile home, picking up a bassinet with the baby still inside of it. He survived and was discovered in a fallen tree in the pouring rain. The baby, his one-year-old brother, and parents only suffered from minor cuts and bruises. As the tornado approached, the mother of two said the roof of their mobile home was ripped off. 
The tip of the tornado came down and picked up the bassinet with my baby. His name is Lord, by the way. In it, Miss Moore told a local news station, he was the first thing to go up. Her boyfriend and the boy's father lunged to protect Lord in the bassinet, but ended up getting picked up by the tornado, too. He was just holding on to the bassinet the whole time, and they went in circles, and then they got thrown. As this was happening, Miss Moore grabbed her one-year-old son, Princeton. Something just told me to run and jump on top of him, and literally the moment I jumped on him, the walls collapsed. I was being really crushed. I couldn't breathe. After the tornado passed, Miss Moore was able to escape the crush of the rubble with Princeton. She and her boyfriend immediately started searching for Lord. After looking for their baby in the pouring rain, they found the child alive in what Miss Moore says looked like a tree cradle. I thought he was dead. I was pretty sure he was dead and we weren't going to find him, but he's here and that's by the grace of God. Very nice. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It is some good news. Is there any other good news I can share with you? There's a lot of good news going on. We just I'm trying to think. We have it every day. We do like the top 10 stories that we think you should be paying attention to or you may have missed. And at the bottom is always a corner of it for good news every day. We have a little good news piece that we showcase. You know, I've been looking for midnight masses around me. I can't find any. I've never been to a Christmas Eve midnight mass. Really? I, I wanted to go this year. And I I texted one of my priest priest friends. And um, I guess the demand for this thing is, is just waning around here. I went here. one time. It was pretty beautiful. He said, hey, uh, hey, Frank, I didn't forget about you. Most places now do not have midnight mass. In fact, the missile calls it mass at mid, uh, mass at night instead of midnight mass. It's also probably a little bit more difficult this year, but the way Christmas Eve, well, with the way that it falls on a Sunday with Christmas on a Monday, well, why would that be? Everybody would be off. I'm not sure about our uh, resurrection church or mass here, blah, 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 but it's so crazy. I can't, it's, it's very hard to find an English mass around me now too. Everything has to be multilingual. There's a Polish mass that said, apparently there's a lot of Poles around here. They have a 10.30 p.m. at uh, this church that I I was a parishioner for for my most of my life. But that's in Polish, so I don't know that. <laughs> I, what I about like, in New York City? Doesn't St. Patrick's Cathedral do it? Yeah, but that you need to, like, buy. The, 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 I don't know if you have to buy or reserve. I don't know how that is. Those, you need to get tickets. Oh, that's like in a that's like an arena show. Oh wow! Somebody actually just said that in the chat too. St. Patrick's in New York City. That's crazy. I didn't even see it. St. Patrick's. That's but you have to get you have to acquire tickets mm. because that's like television. I remember we always always used to watch a little bit of the Midnight Mass on television on Christmas Eve. Um, I guess if all else fails, I can just do that. That sucks. That's pretty sad. Yeah. It wasn't good news, Frank. Way to go. Well. <laughs> I guess the good news is Frank wants to go to mass. <laughs> we will we'll end for the day. You have been listening to the Dark Delight podcast with Frankie Val on the drums and Beans. You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern time on all the podcasting platforms. And we stream live Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 8.30 a.m. Eastern time on Getter and X and Rumble. And we're going to be back here again on, um, on Wednesday. Yes, we shall. You have to say the ceremonial later. Later. 